You're a wizard, Harry. It does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. I can tell you how to bottle fame, brew glory, and even put a stopper in death. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to your enemies, but a great deal more to stand up to your friends. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Today we are discussing chapter 11, Quidditch. And as we mentioned in the chapter 10 episode, Hannah is back again. I'm back! Um, She hasn't spurned the podcast from our epic debate that we had in <laughs> chapter 10 um we're never gonna spurn anything harry potter related no not at all we're we're still friends we're still good uh even though gryffindor can be a little uh whatever ravenclaw get out of here okay all right <laughs> so we're gonna talk about some quidditch today um first up is the non-spoiler section and i do want to shout it out because i did Shout out a previous book, uh, The Hogwarts of History being our namesake, and Fantastic Beasts being one of the books they had to purchase. Yes. Um, which was a charity book that JK did. I own it. I own it as well. Uh, well, Quidditch Through the Ages is also, also a charity book. Also a charity book that they name dropped here. Um, so it's a nice kind of way of JK kind of uh, pulling some, I guess, smaller details out of the books and yeah. making them their own separate deal. Definitely. Um, so there's some interesting things that they dropped from Quidditch through the ages. Like Carrie mentions there's 700 ways to commit a foul in Quidditch, most of which are against his position. Yes. <laughs> so. But that also all of them he read in Quidditch through the, throughout the ages, all of them happened in the Quidditch World Cup in 1473. Did you catch that? When I you did were reading? catch that. Yes. Like, how old is Quidditch? 1473. So I'm not going to lie, I kind of nerded out a little bit, and it like... I would expect nothing less. I'm, I'm not going to say, like, my math is 100%, because math is not my forte, but based on, you know, like, a couple of things that will happen throughout the series... All right, the World Cup. Based on the fact that the Quidditch World Cup is held every four years... It would seem the very first Quidditch World Cup was held in... 1473 but then that just makes me ask is the quidditch world cup you know like we didn't always have the super bowl football existed before the super bowl Mm -hmm. so did quidditch exist before the quidditch world cup and like how do we find out i like kind of i feel like that would be okay it wouldn't be on my list of questions i would have for jk but now i'm really intrigued and i want to know how old quidditch is did they mention it in Quidditch Through the Ages, the actual book? It's been too long since it's I've read it. It's been a long time since I've read it. It's been a very, read. very long time, yeah. Uh, maybe that could be our homework. Okay, our personal I'll homework at that. some point. I'll take that. Um, reread that. Because I read it when I bought it, whenever it came out. Yeah. And I probably haven't picked it up since. It's not exactly the uh, most exciting literature. I feel like it was literature. more kind of like a fun thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's literally... She did really well. She set it up as literally, though, it's... A Quidditch Through the Ages history book, which right. is great. Um, not, again, the most thrilling thing to read in the world, but it's fine. Um, yeah, that was an interesting thing. I thought of that as uh, the 1473 thing, as all 700 or so files taking place in, in one, one match. match. Yeah. A, how long was that match? Because Three months. That could very possibly be. <laughs> 
Otherwise, that is insane. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I don't know how the players nor the officials keep track of 700 rules, especially yeah. to the point where they actually call all right. of them. And actually catch all of them, because there's a lot sure. going on in a game of Quidditch. Um, they also mentioned that the referees have a tendency to vanish and end up in the Sahara. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, how? <laughs> how does that happen? Um, I mean, magic, I guess. There is some funky stuff going on in that Quidditch match <laughs> for an official to vanish and end up in presumably a whole other part of the world. I'm assuming this is all taking place in the UK. I'm sure well, there's world others. Cut. Yeah, there's others, but I'm assuming you end up in the Sahara, you're probably from Bulgaria or Ireland or wherever, and you're ending up in the Sahara, but... There's not a whole lot in Sahara anyway. So. No, no, there's not. Lots of things that could kill you. Yeah. Um, so that was a random thing where I'm like, oh, referee's just bad. But this is another one of those things where Harry learns it, and it's just like, well, that's odd. Yeah. And then just goes away, like never brought up. It's like, okay. <laughs> Probably because Harry never thinks of it again. Well, yeah, and it's just like so many people, and Ron is very guilty of this all the time, of just very nonchalantly saying something and then just dropping it. Yeah. And Harry's like, wait, what? what? <laughs> that seemed like it was important. Um, but to hit, to Ron, it's just second nature. And I love Ron and Dean. I love this. Uh, oh, yes. yes. The, the Ron and Dean thing about Quidditch is great. And I love it because I've gotten more and more into soccer as I've aged. And him being a West Ham fan. Mm. And now I know what that is, because now I'm more into soccer. Sure. And actually today, West Ham beat Manchester United. So if anybody's listening from the UK, uh, West Ham beat Manchester United. Big upset, especially with Ronaldo being a new Manchester United player. Uh, yeah, West Ham with a big win. So Dean Thomas. <laughs> Give him the red card, there you, there, you, there you go. Anyway, uh, there's our Dean Thomas shout-out. That <laughs> might be the first time you shout-out Dean Thomas on the it is. Podcast? I thought about shouting him out last episode when we were talking about Seamus, but yeah. Seamus without an H, yes. <laughs> so, Quidditch Through the Ages kind of dropped a little, uh, few little tidbits. Um, Anna made fun of me for looking at my outline, because I like to make note of these as I reread the series, uh, but we still see some uh, players oh. um, that some are mentioned throughout the series, some are not. Um, and it might just be due to they're from a house other than Harry's, so they're not mentioned as much. Yeah, we don't care about Slytherins. By, by the way, Lee Jordan announcing, Oh my hey, god, so good. How did he get this job? <laughs> how did McGonagall let him do this? Well, notice she specifically sits next to him throughout the entire match. Jordan? Jordan? I would just laugh the entire time know, hearing her over the microphone just correcting him constantly, which is great because he's very biased. Oh, he's a very so biased. Oh, good. Oh, wait. There's this one part that he has that is just like my absolute. Is it favorite. him saying it like three different times, yes. three different ways? Yes, he it has is. To... Um, all right, wait for it. I like that too. The part that was his least biased <laughs> response. All right, all right. Flint nearly kills the Gryffindor Seeker, which could happen to anyone, I'm sure. <laughs> so oh, sassy. My God, I love so him. sassy. Uh, yeah, Lee Jordan is a trip. Um, I don't know how he hasn't been fired even after the. But that does bring into question, like, obviously, this is a Gryffindor match. He's a Gryffindor. Yes. Uh, obviously, he's biased. 
Obviously, he dislikes Slytherin. Fine. I kind of want to hear him do a Ravenclaw Hufflepuff game. Agreed. Yeah. Just for him potentially being unbiased. Yeah, that's true. Which would be an interesting call. Because he obviously knows the game. He obviously knows the players and Mm -hmm. all that. So, uh, Also, he's friends with players on the the Quidditch. Like his very best friends are on the Gryffindor team. Yeah. But shout out to McGonagall, who's right there and uh, correcting him so he's not totally Gryffindor. Which also, she's doing a much better job than him at being unbiased, even though we've already previously pointed out her favoritism for the Gryffindor Quidditch team. So, kudos to her. Uh, Yeah, I would love to be in the crowd for that, because I would laugh so hard. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a a comment that we just had to throw in there for Lee Jordan, but um, the game of Quidditch, I think, would be fascinating to see in person. Like, if the magical yeah. world were a real place, we talked a little bit about real-life Quidditch on uh, the Chapter mm-hmm. 10 episode, where I had my story about covering it, um, and we had a Quidditch injury <laughs> that we held about. So, but if the magical world were real, and you actually got to go to a real Quidditch match, where they're actually flying around, what would that be like? I feel like, especially the professional Quidditch matches with, like, you know, how Charlie Weasley could have been played for England. Mm-hmm. Like, those professional matches. I almost think I would maybe be frustrated watching them. Because, I mean, okay, so we're both hockey fans. Hockey mm-hmm. is a very fast game. Sure. And sometimes it's really hard to keep track of the puck and what exactly is happening on the ice. I feel like Quidditch is timesing that by, like, ten. Like, oh, yeah. it's got to be so fast moving. How are you supposed to possibly keep track of the snitch, the quaffle, like the all these things. flying around. Yes. Yeah. Like I I feel like watching it would potentially frustrate me. Playing it, I would very much want to try. I'm not gonna by any means say I would be good or anything like that, but I would definitely want to at least try. I have had that thought of like what Quidditch position would you play? Mm, I've had that thought too. What would you play? So I would want to be a chaser. But I don't think I would be a good chaser because I've, you know, I've been to enough, like, Harry Potter places that have had, like, hoops and quaffles for you to try. I'm not good at basketball. I'm not trying good at trying to get the quaffle through the hoops. So I think my actual best position, I think I would be a good seeker. Okay. I think I would be good at tracking down the snitch. I'm good at catching. That's what I would want to try out. Okay. Um... I would, I thought about this too, and you mentioned our hockey uh, love. Mm -hmm. Um, I played a little hockey back in the day, uh, not on ice. Oh, I didn't know that. It was more floor hockey. I can't skate to save my life. If I could skate, I swear I would actually have played real hockey somewhere. Because, I mean, I have a bill. I'm 6'4", I'm a big dude. If I could just skate, I have hand-eye coordination. I could just skate, and I can't. I cannot skate. That's sad. It is, because I'd be playing for the Blackhawks. I'm 100% sure of it. <gasps> I know I could if I could skate, but I can't. So, um, <laughs> but back in the day, I was very, very good goalie. Um, but I wouldn't want to play that in Quidditch, because I feel like it's a thankless, winless job. Because you have three paper, goals to defend. Yeah. There's so many ways to score on you that it's, it's just very, very hard. Um Wood is always recognized as being an exceptional keeper. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessarily thankless. It's... 
It'd be tough, though. It'd be it's tough because tough. there's three chasers that you gotta go up against. Yeah. And if they have an actual organized attack, there's multiple ways they can beat you. Yeah. And you have to hope that your beaters can play good enough defense for you that mm-hmm. you can stand a shot. It's hard. Yeah. Um. So I think I would actually be a chaser. Uh, I'm too big to be a seeker, as previously yes. just mentioned. Yes, you are. Uh, that's out for me. Um, th- I could see Oliver Wood coming up to me in the hallway at Hogwarts and being like, you're a beater. <laughs> let's let's get you a bat and let's get you pelting people. Because, again, bigger dude. Uh, but I would want to be a chaser. I think I could be good well, at you've it. you've got the basketball background. I do so have I that. I think you would be a good chaser. And I will say this, though. Um, you went to... So we're based out of Chicago. This podcast is based out of Chicago. So um, back in the day, it was a long time ago, before the seventh movie came out, for sure, um, that they had a Harry Potter exhibit at the Museum of Science and Industry. Yeah. Um, That's where I found out that I would make a terrible chaser for the first time. Because you got... So they had an interactive <laughs> exhibit. Uh, where you can actually pick up a uh, real quaffle, real yeah. quaffle, a quaffle. Which they were heavy. They were surprised. They were like uh, they were like a kickball, except with like weird divots in yeah. it, so you can grip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a kickball size, like a little bigger than a soccer ball, probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was definitely it was heavier than a kickball. It wasn't like that plasticky. It was yeah. more leather. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they had like a like goals set up, and you like yep. throw them through. It was a very interactive interactive exhibit. And I remember standing there and trying to, like, throw them through, and I, the grip was weird. Once you figure out the grip of yeah. it, um, you can do it pretty easily. So I was like, oh, I can do that. Um, so I guess that would be my position that I'd want to play at the very least. But, so I agree, going back to how this conversation started, <laughs> off track again. But I agree with you. I, I think it'd be frustrating to watch. Yes. And I agree with the reason why. It's just so fast, and there's so many moving parts. How to keep track of what you're looking for? Like, you'd have to have a game plan going in. Am I yeah. looking for the chasers? Yeah. Am I looking at the goals? Am I looking at the seeker to find the snitch? You'd have to almost have, like, your set game plan. And I wonder if they, like, televise it in a way. Like, sending it out to, like, people's... I don't know that they even... They don't have televisions, really, right? They have radio. Yeah. So, if I, if I were... it would probably be better to listen to a radio. Anyway, I would hate to have to be the commentator. Well, yeah. The commentator's got a tough job. The ref has a tough job. Which, going back to Lee Jordan, he does an impressive job. He does a very good job. But, I guess, me, if I'm sitting in my modern, not Harry Potter world setting, and I'm sitting watching a Quidditch match, yeah. I would want to have, like the multi-camera box yeah. on my TV and have, like, a camera that's only on the Seeker or the Seekers, and yeah. then have a camera only on the goalie, yeah. and, you know... And, and the chasers, and the Yeah, actual, and like, have, like, those... Play. So I can, like... But I would still want, like, Pat Foley giving me commentary <laughs> on the whole match. And, like, Pat Foley specifically. Like, yeah. He does the Blackhawks games here in Chicago for one more year. He's retiring. I know, I was so sad. Iconic voice. Um, so, yeah, so watching it in person must be hard. And I'm assuming they put, like, for at least professional matches, they put up some sort of protective barrier for the crowd because a rogue bludger like not in the wizarding world i feel like in the muggle world you're just yeah, on we your would own do like that. they put up the signs like they do in baseball wizard, yeah. like beware of rogue yeah. bludger yeah. <laughs> like, i mean like come on they have bludgers hitting people in the head in this very match that we read about i think it was 
Alicia Spinnet gets taken out in the back of the head and drops a quaffle by a bludger. Like, how do you just get hit in the head and continue playing? Like, like You what? probably shouldn't. Yeah, well, you right. You probably shouldn't. Obviously. But anyway, my point is, if those even exist, I don't think we're putting up protective barriers for the crowd. Well, I mean, like, in the movies, they always show the bludgers going, like, literally through the stands and, like, yes. doing so yes. much damage. Oh my god, they do. And I'm just like, professionally, you assume to have the money or the capability to, like, put in bludger-resistant things or something that would make the crowd a little bit more safe. Or maybe professionals are just better at actually hitting them. That could be true. And then receiving them and going to hit them again. I don't know, but... Whatever. I, it's just, it, there's so much hazard. Yeah. And to think that they allow this at a school with, and I get that first years aren't normally allowed to play, but like 11 year old kids mm-hmm. to like 17, and you're just like. There's a big difference between an 11 year old and a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even between oh, an sure. 11 year old and a 14 year old. Or a 14 and a 17, a freshman right. in high school yes. or a senior is yeah. a big difference. So, yeah, it's a lot. If, I guess I never really put that into context. Yeah, either. no, I never put that. Harry's in context, eleven years but... old, and some of these Slytherins have got to be six, seven years, like right. later, because older like kids. You said, just name dropping these Slytherins, and do we ever hear from them again? So some of them must be seven. You know, years. it's a one mention moment when she doesn't even give you a first name. Yeah, like true. Bletchley, this is your moment, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. So. Um, but no, it, it, I think it would be fun to be at and, and also frustrating. Yeah. And then as far as playing goes, you have to keep your head on a swivel. Yeah. Even if the best intentions of your, and even other, not the beaters, even like other chasers will try to mess with you. Oh yeah, and, for sure. Uh, you know, it's, and the other, the seekers will battle the seekers and it's like a whole, it's intense. It's a whole thing, not including the weather. Like again, we're talking about, right. or other things that might happen during Quidditch matches, which we may oh. or may not find out later on in the series. So, um, <laughs> it's challenging. It's a very challenging game. Um, but anyway. Uh, I think that's all we got on Quidditch for, for I think right so, now. For right now, for non-spoiler. Uh, hang around for the spoiler section. Um, we have Anna's gonna give a little. She already did in, in chapter ten when she came through, but uh, she has some Go other. Gryffindor. She has some other rebuttal type uh, moments um, from her listening to all of our other episodes. So stay tuned for that, um, and then we'll get into some other awesome uh, Quidditch and non-Quidditch related things and spoilers. So. Hang out, stick around, and uh, we'll see you back. In the dungeon! Turn in the dungeon! Alright, so we are back from break, and we're going to get into some spoiler section stuff. Uh, we might have a surprise for you after the spoiler section. I uh, think since we're talking about uh, the Wizarding World's most popular game, most popular sport, uh, we might play a game after the spoiler section. So stick around for that a little later. And we're not competitive people at all. No, never. Never, never. Um, but first, uh, I want to give Anna a little uh, time here. She's listened to all of the episodes, whether she's been on them or not. Um, so thank you for that. For sure. And uh, she's had some thoughts spilled up. She got a couple of them out in, in Chapter uh, 10 episode with the Gryffindor, um, her Gryffindor love. Absolutely. So, 
Um, but she wanted to come at me from something I said uh, a couple episodes ago. So, uh, Anna, <coughs> what, uh, what grape do you have? You know, I didn't re- think it would be as big of a grape as it was until I was listening to you. And, you know, looking back on, like, when I was on the podcast before, I mentioned my dislike of Snivellus, but I don't think I feel like I quite came across with how much I really, really dislike Severus Snape. And so... You're going to make me defend Snape, like, hardcore in this room? I mean, you already did, dude! Like, in episode eight, you and Elizabeth, obviously that was the potions master, and... You were talking about Snape's treatment of Neville. And literally you said you were not defending Snape, like, direct quote, but you really kind of were, love you, but you were kind of defending Snape and how awful he is to Neville. Like, you guys talked about how, you know, like, Neville melts Seamus's cauldron and he's just, like, a nervous pack. And you were just like... I mean, Neville's not good. It doesn't matter if Neville's good. Snape is the adult in the situation. And then you literally ask, do you really blame Snape? And yes, I really do blame Snape. Because you know what? He's an adult. And he's grown into this 30-some-year-old man who is immature. He's stuck in the past. He's stuck in his Lily fantasy. He's still obsessed with the dark arts. Hello. And now he's blaming all of his unhappiness in his life on a bunch of 11-year-olds. Okay. And that's how I feel. Here's my defense of myself. That's not so much <laughs> Here's my defense of myself. So, uh, I also said that I don't condone him. You did. I know. And a lot of his actions throughout the series. I don't condone most of it. I am not a fan of Snape myself. And I know that about you. I know. I respect his skills. I respect his talents. He's a formidable wizard of substantial skill. And he's a jerk. Fair, and I'm not disputing that at all. Awful person. I just feel like the world like thinks me all is forgiven because of always. I'm like, hello, it's not. If anything, it's worse. No, and I, th- I think Sammy did a good job she of did. Uh, she did. describing that always comment. And we'll get closer to that later on. But um, here's the thing about Snape. The, well, his the thing with him and Neville specifically is deeper than surface level. For a couple of issues. But the first one, look, we've been there. We've been there trying to explain something to someone, and they just do not get it. And Anna, you can't say that you haven't been there. I know what you do for a living. <laughs> of course I have. But I'm You're a 32-year-old woman. Out of professional... Neville is an 11-year-old. Out of professional respect, you, and I admire this about you, you don't. Go off on that individual for being yes. an idiot uh, because you know you do it's like your hard. job and you want to keep it. That's, that's that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And it's difficult. But don't pretend like you haven't been there, being like, "Dude, I of have told you a not. million times." And again, I'm actually really similar to Snape in that I find <laughs> ignorant people who like don't use their brain very difficult. All the Lily things aside, with. all the Lily things, all the history things aside, his. Part of his core personality is he really, really hates stupidity and ignorance. Like, that's just a thing that he really does not like. Well, then maybe he should be a kinder person because he does not breed a whole, like, safe environment in his classroom. Would Neville has been 
as stupid and incompetent in no, a lot Saint's of that is class stress and uh, if Saint anxiety wasn't that he such a yeah. bully. Yeah. Although we both know I love Captain America, Elizabeth did an awesome Captain America name drop in I think it was the last episode. I don't like bullies to quote Captain America, Steve Rogers. To quote Steve Rogers, I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. I don't care what their fantasies are. Snape's jerk. So on the surface, I, I think we've all been there where someone's being stupid when there's literally written directions on how to do something and you don't mess it up. You mess it up to the point where you literally melt something. Like, it's not just a mistake. It's like you literally put people in danger because you melted an actual thing. But deeper, to get deeper, and this is a, a deep dives kind of thing with Harry Potter, and that's fine. I think his, we've talked about his dislike of Harry for obvious yeah. reasons. Uh, him and James did not get along, and there's some blame to go around oh, everywhere. I know. I'll, so, I'll take that. Miss, Miss James Potter. That's right. <laughs> so there's some blame to go around there. There's also some inherent bias towards Neville as well that he has a resentment that lives very very deep that Neville is complete well both Harry and Neville are completely uh unaware non, of yeah, yeah they're not aware of it at this time literally the only people aware of it are Dumbledore, and Dumbledore. Yeah, yeah those are the only two people because Neville and Harry a day apart so at the, the, the prophecy yes so the prophecy that ended up leading uh, Voldy to um, James and Lily mm -hmm. uh, could have led to Frank and Alice Longbottom. And I think it would have eventually I think he would have taken out James and Lily and then had Harry not been his downfall. I think he just would have followed up by taking out Frank and Alice to be safe. But... So I guess my question then becomes is this a on the surface like kid I have gone over this, it's literally written down, if you at least just follow this, you won't do that. Or is it a little bit of a deep-seated history bubbling up of like, ugh, this could have been different. I'm sure it's both, but I'm still going to hold to my point. It's been 10 years at this point since Snape lived through that. Snape is just clearly living in the past. He shouldn't be putting all of his feelings towards like, oh, if Voldy had gone after Frank and Alice and Neville, maybe Lily would still be here. Sure. Like, I'm not, of course, he's going to project some of that. But I would hope, like, in my world, in my head, the wizarding world has some wizarding therapists. I would have hoped Dumbledore would send Snape to some wizarding therapy. And maybe Snape could work through some of those I... issues so that he wouldn't treat Neville the way he's treating Neville. And obviously that's not what happened. So but that's what should have happened. This is getting kind of off track, but very deep. This is getting even deeper on the deep dive. So Snape going to therapy. Here's the issue mm, with that. I mean, it wouldn't happen. Well, right. yeah, but let's say he, he's literally a trained <clears throat> and one of the mm, best wizards in the world yeah, of keeping things. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if anybody would fail at therapy, Snape would just purposefully... He True. held secrets from Dumbledore. He held secrets from Voldy. He held secrets from everybody. everybody. Yeah. And he did it. Again, if you could hide something from Dumbledore and you can hide something from Voldy, you're yeah. doing insanely profound work. Yeah. 
Um, so it's, yeah, it, he's a complicated character. Uh, whether you like him or not, I, I, or for whatever reason you like him or you don't like him, he's complicated, which yes. is a credit to JK to give him a lot of, and, and this is what Rickman did so well, is kind of playing mm, a lot of yes. that subtlety of like, hey, I'm this, but I'm also this. Yeah. And I don't want to call him a hero of the series. He does some heroic things that, again... He does some brave things. Which Dumbledore leads to maybe we shouldn't sort people so early. Right, yeah, absolutely. Um, because, you know, and we talked a little bit um, last episode about positives and negatives mm -hmm. from houses. And we've talked previously about... You can have. You probably have qualities of a lot of the different houses. You no probably one is should a one -note have person. qualities yes. from all the houses. If you're yeah. a one-note person, you're not a person. <laughs> so you have to have a little bit of uh, a little bit of darkness, a little bit of light, and figure out a way to make it functional. But it's um, no, I don't defend a lot of what's saying. <laughs> Getting back to your original issue, I, I I don't condone a lot of what Snape does. Throughout the series, um, he does have his moments, uh, both of really dark and, and and really great. So that was my biggest rebuttal. That's the that's that's what I had left to get off my chest. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm sure as we progress forward, you'll find other things. Oh, I'm uh, but since we talked about Snape in the <laughs> the grand scheme of things, <laughs> in the context of this chapter, uh, there's some interesting uh, Snape mentions. Mm -hmm. The first thing is Harry walks in <laughs> on Snape, a very compromising position. Which, reading as a child, you don't realize no. how funny that could you actually have no be. no idea, yeah. but it is hilarious. Oh, so good. Um, <laughs> and my thing with Snape, and I just rattled off this thing about how he doesn't like uh, a certain type of person, just that's who he is, mm. um, which is fine. That's who you are. He goes to Filch I know. to help this out. Like, Pomfrey's not trustworthy enough. But Pomfrey would ask questions. Pomfrey would be concerned why he was going near the three-headed dog. Like, I think Filch, Fil would. Filch wouldn't care. Snape's a teacher. Filch well, he cares. He definitely cares. Not with Snape. And I feel like questions. they have real similar feelings towards... How much do you think Filch knows about the third floor? Just that it's... And see, that's the thing. I think he just knows... They He obviously knows about Fluffy, because they literally talk about that beast when Harry walks in on them. Yeah, right. Um, but I think Filch is easily enough manipulated... That Snape can make it, very easily make it seem like he was maybe, I don't know, trying to feed Fluffy or, like, trying to make sure children weren't going near Fluffy. Like, Snape, he went to Filch because Filch way, is yeah. easily manipulated. Okay. It's just an interesting, like, pairing of everybody that you can go to. Like, yeah. and it's not like him and McGonagall don't have a history. They clearly do. I mean, why didn't he go to Dumbledore? Or Dumbledore. Yeah. Um... I don't know, maybe he just had a moment there in the teacher's lounge and literally the only person there was Filch at the time. I don't know, maybe it's we're reading way too much into it, which is very possible. So, <laughs> there Harry could Potter be fans that. do that. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
but then we get to the actual Quidditch match, and Snape has a very large role in that. Um, he does. With the jinx, counter jinx kind of mechanism. He's so easy to set up as the villain of this story in particular. Like, it's so well done. Yeah. Uh, do you ever think about how people end up as... Because there were people before his turn that were big Snape fans, or people that were big Draco fans early before he had his kind of, like... Or before he turned good. Well, I, I wouldn't even say good. Yeah, yeah. I went, but had kind of a, uh, a change of heart, maybe. Yeah. Um, but they were fans of those two characters, like, well before they ever had those. Yeah. It's just like, what are you, what are you looking for? Like, Slytherin is painted such a vivid way early. Well, because I think just the nature of the beach and... We, I think we talked about this too in one of the other episodes I was with you is just like missing kind of that like our first read through when you still didn't know what was going to happen and all the fan theories that used to be out there. I think people were trying to find ways to like, you know, fans love to, yeah, they, they wanted to find the good in this like bad boy character. Mm -hmm. Like... People like to do that, even before it's there. Mm-hmm. It's fair. Um, before um, we cut this spoiler section short to get to the game, I did want to mention... Um, mm, one last big thing. There, There's a massive thing so in this chapter. So big, and it's so small. And I think it took us both by surprise. Yes. Um, because, you know, we've read it, but I think we're both reading this, I'm reading this a little bit differently than I normally do. as kind yeah, of like picking definitely. things out and being For a little sure. bit more analytical than I'm just reading. Yeah. And we've talked a lot about JK putting in things and then dropping it real quick. Mm-hmm. This is a big thing to just pick up and drop. Well, and you've also a talked a lot about how much J.K. really had planned out, and exactly, how much she yes. just like went back to. It. I think this is a thing she had planned. Really, out. I do. Really, absolutely. Interesting. This snake book. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I think this is one of the things she knew when she just sprinkled this in there oh, that little bit. Okay. She knew exactly that. where that was going. I did not have you. I do. That. Wow. Okay. I See? do. We've known each other for a while, and I'm still learning new things. Uh, that I did not have you pegged on that position. Well, and maybe it's because... So, like, I I love Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, you know, for setting up our world. But it's not when I go to and reread a whole lot. I usually go back and reread Prisoner of Azkaban or Deathly Hallows. And so this is probably the first time I've fully read the Quidditch scene. In a few years. Sure. And I've definitely watched the movie. And they make a big deal out of the scene in the movie. Yes. So I think maybe that's where I'm coming from. Like, I thought this was a big deal in the book, too. And it's just not. But I still think she had it planned out. I think she always had that plan for the snitch. I'm going with the... This is another small detail that... And there's several now. I mean, we've talked about the put-outer. Yeah. The put-outer, I agree with you. I think she just went back and picked that up. We've talked about Fantastic Beasts, the, the book. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about Critics of the Ages, the book. Yeah. And just little things that she's going back to this first book and pulling. And I think this was one of those things where it's like, what magic could we do with a snitch? Like, what cool thing could that be? It ends up becoming the container that the Resurrection Stone yes. is held in. So I, I am thinking she sits there... And needs a mechanism for this resurrection stone to be put in play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she goes back, she's like, How does this work? And I think she goes 
to that and pulls it later. I don't know that she had this plan. I mean, maybe this wasn't, like, in her very first, you know, like, outline of Harry Potter. But I think it was early. I truly, I think Deathly Hales, because, I mean, like, everybody always wonder. I think it's only on the UK edition, but on, maybe not. I feel like at one point in time, I heard people always asking about what that symbol was on the spine of all the Harry Potter books. And then you find out in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, it's the Deathly Hallows sign. Mm-hmm. So she obviously she had, had the Deathly yeah. Hallows sign figured out. I think early on she figured out where she wanted all of the Hallows hidden. I mean, like, we obviously get the invisibility cloak later on in this book, very shortly in this book. Um, we, I think she had probably already figured out that Dumbledore has the Elder Wand. So why shouldn't she have already figured out where she was going to hide the Resurrection Stone? It's... I can see, I, I, I see where you're coming from. She was looking for a mechanism to hide it. I right. can see that argument. Yeah. But I think she had it's, a plan. It's an interesting little question. But I also have a question about the snitch, since we're on this topic. Bring it on. So, this, in that Deathly Hallows book, the snitch magic has flesh memories, right? Yes. So, here's my question. The snitch. Um... These game snitches mm-hmm. for Hogwarts Quidditch, mm-hmm. do they use a new snitch per match per game? They must. Because, obviously, previous Seekers would have had to, the other teams would have had to, the... Uh, because that's also how they figure out practice, the dispute like of, if there's a dispute of who caught the snitch. Right, so you'd have to use a brand new snitch. Every game. That's... A lot. Yeah. It's <laughs> a lot. Well, when you think about it at Hogwarts, it's not as many as for, like, the professional Quidditch League. Like, Hogwarts, it's, there's what, there's really how many games every... Well, four teams, they do round robin. Right. For Hogwarts, I don't think it's really that big a deal. But, like, a professional Quidditch leading into the Quidditch World Cup, whew, that's a lot of snitches. Alright, we're going to pause the spoiler section. Uh, We're not going to go anywhere. We're going to play a little bit of a game. So uh, please come back and uh, it's going to be entertaining, that I can tell you. (laughs) And and this will be a little bit more competitive. You hung with us for our Keeper of the Lights trivia. uh, Keeper Keeper of the Lights. Oh my good. That's embarrassing. Keeper of the Lights. (laughs) It's it's a store (laughs) in Bayfield, Wisconsin. Oh wow. That's the first thing I thought of. Wow. Keeper of the Keys, Chapter 4. We had a trivia. Uh, I, I quizzed Anna. This will be a little bit more competitive since it's me against her, specifically. So, um, we might do trivia. We might do a couple other things that we like to nerd out about. Join us. <laughs> <laughs> nerd out with us. There you go. We'll be right back. in the dungeon! Turn in the dungeon! All right, so we are back after the spoiler section for Game Night. Bring it so, on! Because this chapter was Quidditch-related, um, we figured why not have a little game of our own. So what we decided on was trivia. So to decide who goes first with reading questions, um, we decided to do a version of a lightning round. Uh, so we'll each get 30 seconds, Anna and I. And I will have to name as many Dumbledore's army members as I can in that 30 seconds. 
Anna will have to name as many new Order of the Phoenix members. So current, however, you, which way you want to phrase it. Second Modern, whatever. Uh, in 30 seconds. Whoever names the most will read questions to the other first. All right. Everybody good? Uh, these trivia questions are coming from the Sorcerer's Stone specific Trivial Pursuit game. Book specific. If anybody remembers when Warner Brothers had a store, we are talking like book specific Sorcerer's Stone Trivial Pursuit. We really need to go to the New York store. I'm oh sure my they God, have, I want to go they so They probably bad. have like specific trivia. Anyway. Anyway, side note. All right. So I believe Anna has a timer ready. Who's going first between us right now? Uh, I won, so I get the you DA. You won, so yeah. So you'll go first with the so I'm members naming of the, first. Members of the order first. Okay, so then you should keep track of how many I name. All right, guys, we are this intense. Okay. Oh, we are. This will get intense. Yes. Okay, members of the order of the Phoenix. <clears throat> yep. Ready, and go. Albus Dumbledore, Aberforth Dumbledore, Minerva McGonagall, Mad Eye Moody, Nymphadora Tonks, um, Remus Lupin, Sirius Black, Severus Snape, uh, Diggle. Um, Emily Vance, um, Ooh, okay. um, Fred Weasley, George Weasley, um, Charlie Weasley, Bill Weasley, Fleur Delacour, um, I take back Fleur Delacour, she's not a member, um, <laughs> Molly Weasley, Arthur Weasley, um, that is time, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen total. So I need to mention. Sorry. <laughs> that does not count. We have passed yeah, yeah, the timer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now okay. I get to name members of Dumbledore's army, and I need to get to seventeen if possible. That's pushing the total number, though. It's not. That's uh, getting right. close. Okay, here we go. Ready? <clears throat> and go. Harry, Ron, Hermione, Neville, Seamus, without the H, <laughs> Dean, Luna, Fred, George, uh, Zachariah Smith, Colin Creevy, uh, Ginny, um... Um, Six seconds. Oh man. Oh, uh, Cho uh, and her friend Marietta. <laughs> oh, hmm. Cho should count. I'll give you. Oh no, I counted Cho. I'll, uh, I'll give you Marietta. Okay. The sneak. All right, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Oh, so close. That's right. So close. Which other members of the DA did I not get? Parvati, uh, Lavender. Oh, Lavender. Yeah, I should have known. Yeah. Um, yeah. Luna. No, you said Luna. You said Luna. I said Luna. Uh, Ernie, Justin Flinch Fletchley, Hannah Abbott, Susan Bones. The Hufflepuffs. I forgot the Hufflepuffs. Terry Boot, Michael Corner, only there because of Ginny. Yeah. Anyway. I did I did forget the house. Okay. All right. So. Hey, I got Marietta Edgecombe, okay? <laughs> Give me a little I mean, she's the sneak. Anywho. So now we're into our, I get to read first. Yeah. The, yes. Anna gets to read first. That was, right. that was a close round. 16 to 14 was, was close. It was a close round. I'm was well done. All right. Under the gun of the 30-second clock. I know. So we get a minute for this trivia uh, round, and we're just reading the questions off the card. Um, and then we'll kind of go back and forth. Oh, and we did decide we would let each other pass. Yes. And then circle back. Yep. Are we ready? Nope, but here we go. <laughs> and 
Go. What color are Ferenza's eyes? Uh, blue. Uh, correct. How does Hermione save Harry and Ron from the Devil's Snare? Oh, she uses a spell of sunlight? I always get this one confused with the movie. Loser, that's the movie. She <sighs> uses flame in a jam jar. Uh, what type of wood is the handle of the Nimbus 2000 made of? Uh, mahogany. Correct. Um, Professor McGonagall studies on what floor of Hogwarts? Oh, jeez. Uh, fourth. Wrong. First. How many letters are sent from Hogwarts on the third attempt at delivery to Harry? Twelve. Correct. Boom. All right. And 13 seconds to spare. Boom. All right. I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that round. I'll take it. Also, to be fair, Ferenc's eyes are pale sapphire. That's but I blue. gave it to you. I blue. gave it to you. So Dan has three after yes. the first round. Three of five. All right. Well, that was a fun round. Okay. All right. I'm glad I didn't go over. That would have been embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Editing that out later. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right. Are we ready for me? We are ready. And go. Who is the first person to figure out how to put Fluffy to sleep? Uh... Oh, pass. What are first-year Hogwarts students forbidden to have on school property? Room six. Who's, Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Who says, so, new Gryffindors. I hope you're going to help us with house Nearly champion. headless neck. Yep. Um, how many beds are there in Harry Potter's Gryffindor dormitory? Five. Why won't Mr. Dursley allow Harry to sit in the car... Well, Dudley is having his birthday treat at the zoo. It's new. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, so going back to number one, who is the first person to figure out how to put Fluffy to sleep? I mean, Hagrid? Right under the gun, it's Hagrid. It is? It is Hagrid. That's right! Well done. Well done, indeed. Five for five. Well played. Thank you. All right. Ready for round two? Gonna gonna redeem yourself? As long as I don't get any more Dragon Conference questions, I'm ready to roll here. That was our test round. That was our test round. Okay. And go. At the beginning of term feast, Nearly Headless Nick tells the new Gryffindors that he hasn't eaten for how many years? 500. Ooh, close. 400. Ugh. What color does a remember-all turn in order to remind right. the owner? Um, in Quidditch, what position is ideal for the smallest and fastest Seeker. player? Yeah. Um, what is so unusual about the white chessmen that Harry, Ron, and Hermione find in one of the chambers en route to the Sorcerer's Stone? It's broken. Mm, they have no faces. Uh, I don't know how to play that. We'll just yeah. pass on that one. I don't okay. know. <laughs> uh, Hagrid threatens Uncle Vernon with what object? An umbrella. Color. Pink umbrella. Correct. That's how we play trivia here. <laughs> <laughs> smallest detail, people. Smallest detail. So do you want a question to replace the no faces? Uh, uh, half point? <laughs> 
I'll give you a half point. That's okay. what I was originally thinking, but sometimes you make fun of me for my half point offers. Okay. okay. This makes us. It makes me want to do other trivia. Always. But, okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> ready? Yep. Go. Who runs Gringotts, the Wizard Bank? Goblins. Yeah. Uh, who owns the brother wand to Harry Potter's? Voldemort. How old is Nicholas Flamel? Ooh. Oh, Nicholas Flamel. Five hundred and forty-two. Uh, no. How old? <laughs> Six hundred and sixty-five years old. Uh, what sort of creature is the official house mascot for Hufflepuff? A badger. Yeah. After their visit to Diagon Alley, what non-magic food do Harry and Hagrid eat at the station while they are waiting for their train that will return Harry to the Dursleys? Wow. Okay. Steak and kidney pie? No. Darn. Hamburgers. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, wow. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Miss All right. Redeem Myself. Redeem Yourself. All right. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, who's still winning? By Mr. A half point. Point and a half. Okay. That's right. That's right. All right. Three cards left. Yep. And go. What special treat does Rubius Hagrid feed Norbert when he is three weeks old? Uh, oh, it's probably like flesh of something. I don't know. No, I don't know. Are you, uh, we'll pass. Which first year course at Hogwarts is easily the most boring? Oh, History of Magic. Correct. Um, who teaches the Defense Against the Dark Arts class? Girl. That was dumb. Can I get a first name? <laughs> You should have seen that stare that I just gave her where, right now. Where are the books containing powerful dark magic spells kept at Hogwarts? Uh, the, uh, it's the, oh gosh, what's the name of it? It's the, uh, the restricted section of the library. Thank Correct. you. Whoa. Good job. Rainford. To what city does Ampetunia take Dudley Dursley to buy his new school uniform? Uh, London. Perfect. Um... And going back to stone cakes, what I have special no idea. treat does Norbert eat? Uh, rats. Oh, rats! No, I wasn't gonna get that. I was like, what treats do Hagrid like? He's been known to give like weird off the wall Fair food to some of his creatures. Fair enough. All right, so well, let's go ahead and finish your round, and then here. we'll do a score check in. Okay. All right, ready. And go. Who is Argus Filch's trusty sidekick? Mrs. Norris. Who first hears Ron Weasley and Harry Potter talking in front of the mayor of Erised? Who first hears them talking? Mm-hmm. Pass. Who is Keeper of the Keys at Hogwarts? <laughs> Rubius Hagrid. Last time we did trivia on here. Uh, what is the combination of bricks in the wall behind the leaky cauldron that Rubius Hagrid counts in order to enter Diagon Alley? Three is, is somehow involving three. Um, three down and to the side? No. It's three up and two across. Fine. Harry thinks that Dudley Dursley's best friend has a face like what? A rat. Um, all right, going back. Uh, who first hears Ron Weasley and Harry Potter talking in front of the mirror of Erised? Isn't it Dumbledore? Because no. he's invisible. Fine as a filch. 
Sort of. It's Mrs. Norris, Mrs. Norris. again. Ugh. Got a twofer on Mrs. Norris. That darn cat. Where are we at on the scores? All right. I have 11. You have... You have nine and a half. (laughs) That half point is killing me right now. So it does. So it does, Lord. You got two cards. You be the judge. Should I get the full point for that or or not? Let us know. All right. Uh, I'm answering. Okay. And go. What creature lives in the lake by Hogwarts? Uh, mer... There's a lake by Hogwarts? Fine. What does Rubius Hager do in order to enter Diagon Alley? Well, this isn't fair. He taps the bricks with his um, pink umbrella. Correct. She really wanted pink umbrella I on that. I did want pink umbrella. It's on the card. Um, Dumbledore states that people will insist on giving him books for Christmas. What does he tell Harry that he would rather have? Uh, isn't it like, uh, knitted socks or something like that? Something like socks? No? I'll give it to you. Woolen socks. Woolen socks. Okay. What colors are the end of term feast decorations in the Great Hall before Albus Dumbledore makes his announcements? Oh, it's, uh, green and silver. Correct. The Leaky Cauldron is sandwiched between which two non-magic shops? Oh, Jesus. I have no idea. Can we go back to the first one? I know you only have <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> That's all right. Giant squid was the answer to the first one. Okay. I mean, I wasn't wrong with the creature that I said. The, the mer- you weren't, but Sorcerer's Stone. Remember I Sorcerer know, Stone. That's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I was too advanced for this game. <laughs> My bad. Look at me. I'll give you another half point. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Look at that. Now I'm you not have even. a full 12 points. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. Oh, and my goodness go. gracious. Who casts a spell that causes the troll's own club to knock it unconscious? Ron Weasley. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> Harry Potter's wand has a core of what magical substance? Phoenix feather. First year students are required to purchase gloves made from what material? Dragonhide. Uh, the words engraved on the second set of doors at Gringotts warn visitors to beware of finding what? More than what they seek? No. Okay. Finding more than treasure there. Oh, yeah. Uh, what product does Mr. Dursley's company produce? Drills. Oh, we totally had this. Oh. Drill, 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 see, drill. see, listeners, when we mention there's a trivia topic that comes up in our show, our episodes, we mean it. You should make note. We are trivia we pros. All right. That's why uh, Trolls in the Dungeon always wins. <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers. All right, final card, final card. All right, here we go. You ready here, boy? Nope, here we go. And go. Where does the owl carry the money Harry pays him for delivering Hagrid's paper to the hut on the rock? A pouch. Think like where where the destination goes. Oh, no, leather pouch, leather pouch. I'll take it. How does Harry Potter receive his invisibility cloak? Uh, As a gift on Christmas from Dumbledore. That's okay. What color are the bludgers in a Quidditch game? Wait, wait, sorry. What was that? What color are the bludgers? Oh, they're like jet black. Wow, that was exact. Go you. Um, After their wild adventure with Norbert, Harry, Neville, and Hermione are assigned attention from Professor McGonagall. Where does she tell them to meet Argus Filch? Oh, on the edge of the Forbidden Forest? Incorrect. 24 letters from Hogwarts arrive at the Dursley's house, rolled up and hidden inside of what? Uh... Inside of six seconds. 
briefcase. I don't know. Think food. Um, Tacos. No. <laughs> two dozen eggs. Nope. Would not have gotten that one. <laughs> and the entrance hall is where they are supposed to meet Coach. Oh, okay. They end up going to what? They do go to the park. All right. It's another half point, damn it. No. <laughs> Fine. I'll give it to you. I'll give you a half point. <laughs> Such a baby. Anyway, ready? Wait, what What? Are, what are we, where we are we at? We are currently at, you have, Um. oh, I gave you a full point, so that's a little messed up there. You got 10, 15, 16, you have 17, and I have 15. Ooh, okay, big pressure on the final card. Final card, everybody, here we go. And Whenever you are ready. Go. Peeves is afraid of which Hogwarts resident? Bloody Baron. Uh, who gave Ron Weasley the color-changing spell that he attempted to use on Scabbers? <laughs> Fred Weasley. No. It's George. George. Darn it. All right, go, go, go. <laughs> After they have finished their end-of-year exams, how long do the first-year students have to wait for the results? That's, oh. that's tough. Pass. Okay. From which platform number does the Hogwarts express the Nine part? and three quarters. Why is Harry Potter surprised that Dudley Dursley wants a racing bike for his birthday? Because he doesn't exercise? He doesn't exercise, is correct. Oh, okay. And then what's the one I passed on? Uh, after they have finished their oh, end of year exams. How long do they have exams, to wait? How long do they have to wait? Is it a full week? Final answer? Yeah. One week. Oh, 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 oh right in the buzzer. That's right. Booyah! That is a final score of Dan having 17 and Anna having... 19. Ah, oh, she beats me by two again. Oh. Ooh, oh. what's my prize? So close. Uh, this was typical of our rounds of trivia, where A, we're aggressive. B, B, <laughs> B we end up being very close towards the end. Yeah. Um, it's always competitive uh, in the best way possible. Yeah. So I love doing it. And um, we do have, uh, just real quick here before we wrap up, I know we've gone long. Hopefully you've enjoyed this. But we do have uh, a bracket, and we might revisit it later on in the series when we have I think more we're characters. Have to now that we've looked at it again. Yeah, we brought this out. We did it a couple of years ago. Um, but it's a bracket of Harry Potter characters that are and their importance to the series is how we set this up originally. We honestly haven't finished. We were only like a quarter of the way through this thing. We were intense. We were very intense, and we had big, long philosophical discussions <laughs> on each matchup. It was. We got into arguments. We got into arguments um, with each other and with ourselves about what we thought about. <laughs> we thought about characters, so uh, we're going to revisit it. We might revisit it as more characters come in through the series, or uh, you know, the Quidditch World Cup. You know, we might do a bracket thing for that. So be on the lookout. Follow us on a, on the Twitter at Hogwarts a Pod. Again, my Twitter is at Daniel underscore Allen forty four. Come debate with me in the comments. Um, there you go. She's very active in the comments. So after every episode, believe me. So <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed this. It was really fun bringing the trivia to you. Hope we can do it again. Let us know if you enjoyed it. Thank you again. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts Apod.